This is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, I got to tell you, first week of President Trump and who has any idea what's going to happen? You know, I've been keeping my eye on this and, uh, you know, one of those things that we have to be a little bit concerned about is what will he do with NAFTA and will it have an adverse effect, you know, obviously on Canada, but very importantly on Ontario, in Ontario, because, you know, we know that the Ontario does a lot of trade with the U.S. and, you know, something that we're going to keep our eyes on. Um, you know, I think uh, Trump Tower here in, uh, in Toronto also, you know, I wonder if they've got a buyer yet, you know, they introduced the fact that they're looking for about $280 million for the remainder of it. Um, You know, I I would say that's kind of overinflated as far as the value goes. I don't think the name and brand is going to help you at this point. And so we'll wait and see. It should be interesting uh, for how everything falls out. So great show planned for you today. Um, We've got the mayor of of Barrie joining us, uh, Mr. Jeff Lehman. And uh, we're going to be talking about Barrie, you know, again, not that far up the 400, pretty close, in fact. And as well, we've got Romana King, senior editor at Money Sense Magazine. And we've got Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. Lots to talk about this hour. And remember, you're going to start getting hammered by all these commercials about RRSPs. And is it something that you plan on contributing to this year? Or is it something that you may want to revert that money into investment real estate? Well, to know more about investment real estate, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. Of course, we've got lots going on. We've got some seminars that are going to be upcoming in the near future and some new releases. So if you're not on our mailing list, we can't tell you about it unless you hear me right here on the show at News Talk 1010. But more importantly, a lot uh, that's going to go on this year. So RRSPs, is it something that you want to put your money in? Well, Again, we also created our new product called the uh, Simple RRSP Program. It allows you, once, you use, uh, once you've got your RSPs registered, you can actually use them with us as a second mortgage product, receiving an 8% interest rate return on it, uh, secured in what I call brick-and-mortar real estate, which means no speculation, not part of the builder envelope where maybe it's going to be built in the future. It's actually on brick-and-mortar. So if you want to find out more, again, you can go to thesimpleinvestor.com or email info at thesimpleinvestor.com to find out more about this. But, you know, a lot of people, this is RSP season. This is where you start seeing those really interesting ads. Have you ever noticed, and and I talk about this all the time, especially with some of the uh, builder releases when they put out all their brochures, you know, have you ever noticed how everybody is so attractive, so fit, everybody's having fun? Well, it's the same thing for most of these, uh, these advertisements that are coming out for the banks. You know, big budget commercials, everybody is out on a beach, everybody looks great, their hair is coiffed. You know, is that how we all are going to be? I mean, we'd all love it, obviously, in the idea that they're selling you something. But, you know, let's let's talk about reality. Uh, when you look at investment real estate, um, it's just going to give you that security. It's an asset for the future. You can use it for your children. Generational wealth, it has so much to offer. So, again, this is something that, you know, you really have to, this is decision time, you know, because everybody's 
somebody's going to be hammering you for your RSPs. Is it something worth your while? If it is, I understand lots of people believe in them and they will build some of your future. But the real question is, what's your diversity? Do you have other things? And this is where we talk about real estate all the time. As I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, uh, we were talking about you know some of our guests this week. You know, when we talk uh, to some of the mayors, one of the reasons why we are now doing this is we want to encourage you know the mayors uh, to come on and talk about their cities. And it's great that uh, some of these people are giving us their time and you know introducing their cities to us. And more importantly, you know, knowing a little bit more about the area, the demographics, you know, what kind of, uh, you know, age group are we looking at, the, the transit, and of course, the real estate value. Speaking of real estate value, uh, Hamilton continues to rise. In fact, actually outpacing Toronto a little. And despite the fact that I'll tell you Hamilton's got affordability, um, you know what, it still is one of those marketplaces that they're seeing some pretty decent increases. And it's interesting stuff. As well, uh, Romana King will be t- joining us and talking a lot about um, you know, what is going on in the marketplace throughout Canada. So joining me now is Mr. Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. And uh, Dave, always welcome to Simply Real Estate. Thank you very much, Todd. So interesting stuff in the world of real estate. You know what? Yeah, it's so funny. Every time you and I talk, I think that, you know, we could just go on forever. But more <laughs> importantly, there's always somebody stepping in it or, you know, some new rule regulation. I mean, you know, lots to talk about, obviously. Trump in power. Everybody's sitting on the edge of their seats. What do you think? As you know, I mean, activity in Ontario has been going pretty, pretty Steady. I mean, uh, we're not seeing much of a fall off since uh, the summer. And I mean, that's even with the rule changes coming in. So uh, it's been an interesting time. I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, it, it, it's a different landscape, it feels like. So, Dave, I'm going to ask you a pointed question because our listeners always want to know, what are they looking at interest rates today? I know everybody's kind of fluctuating here and there. A couple of banks decided to, you know, throw a little bit more profit in their pockets, as you and I discussed back in the fall. But more importantly, you know, what are people looking at, let's say, a fixed five and let's say an open variable? What can be achieved today? Well, that's so that's that funny part about the rule changes is everything's kind of tiered into this matrix system. And what I mean by that is when you are buying a property with a down payment, you know, or you, yeah, 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 let's go with that. When you're buying a property with a down payment of less than 20%, believe it or not, we're seeing variable rates as low as 2.05. We're seeing five-year fixed rates as low as 2.49. Very healthy rates, very nice rates. As soon as you get into the 20% down or more category, now there's no more CMHC bulk insurance. And so that means, and what we talked about before was these smaller lenders are going to have to find different capital requirements to be able to put their money out. And so that's where we're seeing some higher interest rates. So just to give you an example, putting down less than 20%, someone looking for a variable, I mean, we're looking as low as 2.05 from a major small lender. Then you go to 20% down with that same lender, they're now going to be close to the 2.5 category. So you're starting to see some really big differences. And now if I'm a listener, I'm saying to myself, What the oh, heck? That doesn't make sense. Dave <laughs> must be wrong. Yeah. Right? Dave must be wrong. It means he must be meaning that at 20% down or more, you get a better rate. Yeah, no, Dave, you need, you need to be looking at your calculator. Something doesn't sound right here. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit of a weird. And this, we started to see a little bit of this last year where clients would say, Why is there a slightly better rate? at 5% down, then at 20% down. And the truth is it really just comes down to where, where, the, where the deals are being bulk insured. And what I mean by that is we know that these smaller lenders 
they are now given they were kind of given the axe in November where they're not allowed to go back and use the CMHC insured mortgages on those low ratio mortgages. Remember when you're putting down twenty percent down or more, the smaller lender would still usually have a good rate. Well now the problem is they have to go and get their capital from somewhere else and it's right. a lot more expensive. And that's the result of the rule change, basically. So what you're seeing now is you're seeing a tiered rate sheet from every lender. They've got their insured mortgage rates, which is less than 20% down. And then they've got their non-insured mortgage rates, which is 20% down or more. And you're noticing a, it's, a pretty, it's a substantial difference now. It's not like a 0.05 or a 0.1. You're talking, you know, up to as much as half of a point difference. So, Dave, you know, and, and, and so this is going to put a little bit of a wet blanket on a few people, obviously, because, you know, a sure. lot of people are excited about putting 20% down. Let's talk about investor mortgages, for instance. So, you know, um, required, of course, to have 20% down minimum when you're talking about an investment property. So this means that their rates have had an uptick to them. Um, and, and, you know, despite the fact that they could have, you know, great track record of, you know, uh, the the rent being paid, income property. Uh, if we're talking about investors, are they still able to achieve some decent mortgage rates, or you know, is is it just making that much more difficult right now? Yeah, I mean, don't get me rate, don't get me wrong. I mean, as as you you and I both will agree, anything with a two in front of it, you know, on a mortgage rate, still pretty darn good. Um, I think most investors will say they feel a little bit shafted by the rule changes because they seem to be you know, a group of people that are affected the most. I mean, they're the ones who have the 20% down, but yet they're going to be paying a higher rate than someone who's buying a home at 5% down. And, you know, you and I know that's a little bit backwards, but unfortunately that's kind of the way uh, the capital the capital runs within, you know, and how the money flows uh, within, within our industry. You'll find that when it's insured, you know, the, the lenders and the, and the capital requirements are a lot different. And then when it's not insured by a government, then what you're seeing is a higher cost. Right. Okay, even though even though we're looking at conventional mortgages with the 20% down. Yeah, I and mean, it's really backwards. I mean, you, you know, again, you're shaking your head, I'm shaking my head. I mean, everybody's, you know, most most normal people would look at that and say at 20% down, you should be given some form of benefit. Yeah. Um, you know, in theory, the truth is no, we're being stung. Uh, and that's that's the effect of the government rule changes that came in. Well, hopefully they'll uh, they'll uh, take a, a new look at that and realize that that's not helping anybody. Um, so, Dave, uh, right now market seems to be staying pretty strong. Uh, <laughs> you guys are pretty active, I understand. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, I, you know, and it's funny. I mean, obviously, certainly some of it could be that we are we are a little busier than others. But the truth is, is you know, every real estate agent I talk to when I speak to you. You know, when I talk to everybody else, there's still massive multiple bidding wars on a lot of these homes. I mean, I just spoke to a client this morning who told me she lost her bid last night on the property of their dreams because there was 22 other offers, uh, of which 18 of them were firm with no conditions. So, you know, when you see that type of activity going on in January, uh, I have a feeling, and I think I know we spoke about this last time I was on, um, I believe, believe Ontario is going to be the big, big market this year, and it will super, supersede uh, BC and what they did last year. I mean, I just feel like everything I'm looking at in the Ontario market says it's go, 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 go. 
Wow, and that's uh, that in itself, you know, is uh, you know, it, we'll see the numbers when when the, when we play out throughout the year. And and what I will do is I'll keep having you come back on. You can kind of give us your take on it. It's always great to have you. And um, you know, let's keep a watchful eye on it, and uh, we'll be in touch real soon. So absolutely, thanks. Happy to inform your listeners. Uh, thanks so much, Dave. Thanks for having uh, having some time for us today. Take care. All right, folks. That was Dave Butler from Butler Mortgage. And uh, coming up right after the break, we've got Romana King, uh, Senior Editor at Money Sense. And uh, we're going to be talking, obviously, about the market out in Vancouver and her take on Toronto. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Um, as I had said earlier, uh, my next guest is uh, is a wonderful contributor here to the show when I have her on. Um, she is real estate expert, also senior editor at Money Sense Magazine, and it is Miss Ramada King. Ramada, welcome to the show. Hi, Todd. How are you? New year, always busy. Um, you know, I, you and I always have so much to talk about. You know, I think you and I could do an entire one-hour show and we still wouldn't touch on everything that we like to talk about. <laughs> so you know, much going on in real estate all the time. It is. Isn't it amazing? You know, it's funny because it still remains, other than, of course, Donald Trump right now because, you know, everybody's having conversations about him. I think, I think at the water cooler, real estate remains the number one topic as usual. So. And this is despite, you know, forecasts that we're going to actually balance out this year in most parts of Canada. It still is the number one topic. And I think it's going to be for a long time because even if you're not buying, you're renovating. And if you're not renovating, you're trying to figure out how to create real estate portfolio or find some sort of real estate investment. So, Yeah, you know, one of the things I've, I've recognized, you know, just coming into the month of January, so many people, we get so many emails and inquiries and it seems like as soon as, uh, as, soon as I mention my name, people say, and what's going to happen this year? It's like, Todd, what about your crystal ball? And it's, <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's easier for us to play with a crystal ball right now in Toronto than it is in Vancouver. So Yeah. I mean, that said, we, we definitely have the writing on the wall with Vancouver. Um, I think that uh, February, March, April sales will help either solidify what the predictions are or temper them a bit. Um, you know, the writing on the wall started, you know, mid-2016, and that's going to be a slowdown in, in the Vancouver market. It does seem to be um, overvaluated. And for that reason, you're having fewer people actually list and then, you know, few people list and demand starts to wane, all of a sudden you're going to see prices pull down. We haven't totally seen prices pull down in, in all areas of the lower mainland. So, you know, as I said, February, March, April sales will help us understand how much of an impact, um, you know, less demand is going to have in the lower mainland BC market. So when looking at lower demand though, um, right now, what is your inventory status in the Vancouver proper market right now? Is it still considered low or is it starting to actually um, come up a little because, you know, properties aren't selling quite as, uh, as aggressively? We're still seeing really low, extremely low inventory in, in the lower mainland BC market. Uh, it's partly because there was such a low, uh, such a limited amount of inventory coming on the market in 2016, the second half of 2016, and partly because this is winter selling season and nobody wants to list in January if they think they're going to get a better price in February, March, or April. So we're starting to see a trickle 
in the lower mainland of, of houses coming on the market. I think in the next month or so, you're going to start seeing a lot more. Um, but, I mean, predictions are that it's not going to meet the demand that's out there right now. There's a bit of a pent-up demand, right? Right. And so, so again, you and I both always talk about this, supply, demand. You know, prices normally don't fall backwards, low supply, high demand. And so right now, if we're talking about a stable market in the Vancouver area, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk lots to, to you today about, uh, obviously, Toronto, because there's, uh, you know, some interesting things going on here in this marketplace. But more importantly, because, because Vancouver was the leading market for, you know, a couple of years there, if we, if we still see, like, low inventory, do you think you can stave off a little bit of the decrease? Or, you know, do you still consider, and, and I know you and I have talked about the foreign buyer aspect of things, you know, we both agreed that, Putting in the tax probably wasn't the smartest thing. We knew the market was going to start to, to, to fall off a little. But with that foreign buyer tax in place, do you still think that, um, you know, we could see the decrease or if low inventory is there, you know, demand, maybe maybe do they weather the storm a little bit better? I think that that's absolutely accurate. I think that, you know, the lower mainland BC is going to weather the storm a bit better given all the changes in mortgage regulations, given the foreign buyer's tax that was implemented quite quickly last year. You know, these were definitely policies to try and, temper demand in certain segments of the market, and they worked. Um, thing is, though, there's a lot of, you know, first-time buyers and move-on-up buyers that you have been in the BC market looking for years that are still looking. So you've got low inventory, um, you've got some of the demand pulling out with foreign buyers pulling out, um, but you've still got, you know, enough demand there that even with low inventory, prices are not going to adjust all that much. A lot of the analysts are saying that it would have been a lot harder of a crash had you not have had pent-up demand. You know, the pent-up demand is allowing for sort of a softening or an ease of the pricing. Putting it in perspective, though, that ease in pricing is really just taking it back to, you know, the start of 2016 pricing. And 2015 was one of the best years that they had on record. So a lot of the price appreciation occurred before 2016. We're only going back to 2016 prices if analysts are accurate in their prediction of, of sort of the softening in the BC market. Right. So to, to, to also cap off a little something with BC, right now we know that as a province they implemented the 5% um, interest-free loan to, let's say, a first-time home buyer. Um, do, are you seeing any traction with that? Is it actually helping or is it still such a lack of inventory for these buyers? Um, you know, it's really not going to have much of an effect. Well, the, the applications for that loan, um, that interest-free loan for the first five years for first-time buyers in BC only opened up last week. We did see a big uptick. They said that there was a strong response and a lot of activity, but we haven't actually seen that translate into sales in, in, in the province or in, in the lower mainland yet. I, I think that what we're going to see is we're going to see approval. We're going to see pre- pre-approval of mortgages go up. And then we're going to start seeing activity. I think a lot of those um, buyers, those first-time buyers, you know, they estimate about forty or fifty thousand people will be eligible for that loan. All of those people are preparing for that springtime market rush. Um, so again, it, it's kind of like a wait and see approach, but that really is we're waiting for the February March surge, and there is a surge in February and March in the Lower Mainland BC. Right. One of the things that uh, that they noted actually um, in the Star recently was Vancouver third most expensive in the world for housing, Toronto thirteenth. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, it it, it sounds a little suspect in my opinion. Um, so, you know, what's your take on it? It's 
I mean, Demographia looks at um, overall housing, and, and the problem that, that Vancouver has, or not the problem, but the, the, the difference that Vancouver has to, to Toronto is there's a huge disparity. You do have the $300,000, $350,000 condos that Toronto has, but you also have the $13 and million and up houses, you know, $58 million house. You don't have a lot of those in Toronto clogging up the market, but you do have uh, a far larger proportion in Vancouver. That's going to pull up the, the housing pricing or the housing costs for the city even though there's you know just as many condos that are in the you know first time buyer home range um, in Vancouver is in Toronto I think it just it's the, the the type of inventory that's here you've got certain markets in the Vancouver market West Vancouver being one of them um, that just have a very high sale price and that pulls up the, the overall sale price for the entire city Romana we're gonna go to a quick break I'm gonna ask you to hang on uh, when we come back I want to uh, you know now we're gonna we're gonna come uh, east and we're gonna talk about Toronto so uh, if you don't mind staying with us, we'll be right sure. back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest right now is Romana King. She is a senior editor at Money Sense Magazine. And, uh, you know, she really is a real estate professional. And um, she's one of my go-to people. We like having great conversations. We've just been talking about Vancouver. And uh, Romana, as, uh, as we were talking just before the break, you know, Vancouver, you know, we're looking probably at a little bit of an adjustment down potentially, but it still remains a very expensive city. But Toronto came in as the 13th most expensive city in the world. Um, you know, talking about Toronto, do, does that make sense to you? If, if, if Vancouver pretty much is, you know, uh, third, Toronto being 13th, that much of a disparity uh, like uh, between pricing? Yeah, and I think that this has been noted by, you know, real estate professionals across the country. I know Phil Soper and I have spoken about this, and, and he's very clear. There's there's still a lot of, there's a big price gap between, you know, the average detached in Vancouver, which tops out at 1.2, 1.3, and the average detached in Toronto, which is, you know, just under 800000 That's a big gap. You know, it's almost half a million dollar gap. Um, I think part of the reason why is because Toronto does have the luxury, and I say luxury of land. It does; it can expand outwards. Does that mean that we're bumping into other cities? Yes, but it's still the possibility of, of actually expanding outwards. There are certain areas in Vancouver you just can't expand outwards. You hit water, and unless you're going to live on a float home, it's just not possible to live there. Uh, and that puts a premium on the price of land. And, and the reality is, is when we talk about price appreciation in homes across Canada or around the world, we're actually not even talking about the appreciation of the homes. We're talking about the appreciation of land. Homes actually don't appreciate. It's only land that appreciates. The homes are a depreciating asset no matter where they're located. It just depends on how slow or fast that depreciation occurs. Yeah, that's an excellent point because I don't know if a lot of our listeners understand that, you know, the actual the actual building, the facility itself, um, you know, they have a, an effective life and, and the actual asset itself will actually depreciate. But yet, as you mentioned, beneath it, the ground, that's where we see all the appreciation. So it's it's interesting for people to understand that. And, and mm. I don't know if everybody does. And it's hard too, because you see um, a home that's been renovated and it, it goes up in price when you actually want to purchase it. And, and yet it's a depreciating asset. And, and really what we try and tell our readers is, 
you know, it's always a depreciating asset. It depends on how, but if you renew it, if you if you do a massive renovation on it, what you're doing is you're actually increasing the value of that depreciating asset, which increases the value of that land and increases the, the overall uh, purchase price. But it doesn't mean that you can purchase a piece of property, a house, and then do nothing to it and still have it always retain value. You look at two homes side by side, and one's been remodeled and renovated extensively and one hasn't, and there's definitely going to be a difference in sale price. The land itself might be equal, but the the house does have an impact on that sale price. Yeah. So you've probably heard of the news, uh, Toronto, uh, thinking of increasing land transfer tax. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and it's kind of funny, of course, the star carrying an article that says 59% of Torontonians oppose land transfer tax. Really, what I'd like to know is, how did the 41 actually agree that they're okay with it? <laughs> because I don't think too many people, unless, of course, they're not homeowners and they're renters, right? So, yeah. well, you know, what do you think of that? Because I got to tell you, from a study, I think you'd say homeowners 100% would say not a chance. I don't think any homeowner would be happy with with an increase in land transfer tax. As soon as you purchase your first home or you move on up, you sell one and then you purchase another, you're going to be hit with that tax. And, you know, they say on average people move every five to seven years. That means every five to seven years being hit with tax. Toronto is is in a predicament because you're not just paying the provincial tax, but you're also paying that municipal tax, which is a double tax. Um, it's tough. The problem is, is that uh, the, the city's trying to make up taxes, and it can either increase property taxes or it can increase land transfer taxes. Toronto property tax is probably one of the uh, cheapest in Ontario, and yet homeowners balk at the idea of having that raised as well. So, at some point, they have to make up the difference in terms of their tax base. Right, and and again, just so you know, here at News Talk 1010, this is always a bone of contention. A lot of our hosts are are battling out with the powers to be with this one, and um, you know, of course, they talk about the toll tax, the potential on the Gardner and, and the DVP, bringing in that to be able to offset expenses there. You know, the idea of now you know increasing land transfer tax when there's already a double land transfer tax in place. Um, you know, it's interesting because you know I don't know if introducing that if that's going to have a little bit of an adverse effect. I mean, if you remember uh, years back when they introduced the second land transfer tax, you know, uh, the market did dip a little, but Mm -hmm. people eventually just absorbed it and accepted the fact that if you wanted to buy in Toronto, you had two taxes. They did eventually absorb it. I think there was a a chart that I saw by Will Dunning, um, and he helped sort of illustrate, and I think it took three years for us to absorb it. So, Yes, we did absorb it, and people did come back and buy, but not in the same quantity and uh, as you know prior to the land transfer tax, the double land transfer tax being introduced, and and it did take a few years for us to absorb that. I think these taxes are meant to sort of temper hot hotter markets, markets where there's a bit more speculation. And um, we also have to understand that with speculation, so with with real estate investors, you know, we're also putting more strain and stress on municipal services. So at some point, those municipal services have to either be upgraded or repaired, and they have to get that money somewhere. So unfortunately, if you want, you know, the pleasure of playing in a larger market, you have to pay that some that expense somewhere. Yep. So, you know, this week, of course, first week of President Donald Trump's, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in power, uh, we've been seeing a lot of things in the news. You know, we're all waiting to see what he's going to do with NAFTA. He's threatening Mexico more than Canada. But you know what? You never know. But more importantly, 
Um, you know, Bank of Canada keeps coming up with the fact that they're they're going to stay pat on interest rates, with even the potential that if we do have some adverse effect here, that they could potentially bring it down a little. I think we're listening to the same message that they've been, you know, providing for the last number of years, regardless of who's in power or what's happened globally. Um, they're saying, you know, listen, we really firmly believe that a 2% inflation target rate is the best place for us to be economically. You know, we have the most, uh, the, the best capacity when we have that 2% infl- inflation rate. And so they're going to use that as their target. They're not going to respond uh, to global pressures in any way. But, but, you know, that said, you know, the U.S. economy will directly impact Canadian economy. And if it does, and it starts forcing our, you know, sales and growth to to diminish because of it and then pull inflation rate down, you're going to see, you know, you're going to see tweaks and twerks from the Bank of Canada. And that's what they're really saying is we're not going to respond to global pressure, but we are going to respond to our own economy. Yeah, no, I agree. I've been, you know, it's one of those things that we're obviously uh, here at Simply Real Estate, we watch very carefully. I know I know you do. Um, you know, you've got all sorts of wonderful articles. Uh, folks, if you just, uh, if you want to make a note, if you want to read some of Romana's articles, go to moneysensemagazine.ca, um, or you can always pick it up at the newsstands. But, um, you know, it's, it's always great to read your articles. You've got such insight, Romana. Um, you know, when we, when you and I talk, um, you know, we I, I, I think I think one of the important things for our listeners to realize is that you know you live and breathe this just as I do, and you yeah. know, like this is this this is what we do is real estate, and you know, fortunately, um, one of the things I, I commend you for is you're you're not an outlet like let's say newspapers looking for headlines. You actually give the straight goods, the straight truth, and I think that's so important for our listeners to understand because you know some of these headlines, you know, as you and I've talked, you know. Hey, multiple offers, four hundred thousand over asking price. You know, hey folks, it wasn't actually over a value price. You know, and people have to realize that you know there is stability in a market. You have to understand understand it. And I think you bring a lot to the table with that. Yeah, and I think that you make a really good point. You know, we read these headlines and we assume that it applies to all markets, and it doesn't. Uh, you know, I'm always amazed how markets can differ from street to street and neighborhood to neighborhood and, and city to city and how one could be on one cycle and the other on another cycle. And I think the more information that we as you know, real estate buyers and investors and sellers can get our hands on to make better educated decisions, uh, the better you know, and that's why I appreciate when when I, I can talk to someone else who lives and breathes this stuff and, and really pays attention. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Ramon, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining me today, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. Thank you so much, Todd. Take Thanks. care, folks. That was Ramona King. She is senior editor at Money Sense Magazine, and uh, you know, go take a look at her articles. They are wonderful reads, very very knowledgeable. And um, so, listen, coming up after the break, my uh, my continuation on our mayor segment. Well, we're going to go a little bit further north this time. Uh, we're going to go up to Barrie. Yeah, you know what? Years ago, a lot of people thought Barrie was so far up there. Well, you know, if you watch where the houses have stopped being built, and then when they start in Barrie, the distance is not very far. And uh, so we're going to have Mayor Jeff Lehman joining us when we come back after the break. And you're going to want to tune in. Barrie is a very attractive city, and more importantly, it's very affordable. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Now, more of 
Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So just before the break, um, you heard me talk about what I consider one of the greatest cities in Ontario. For those of you that travel up the 400, it seems that, you know, just as you kind of round the bend about 40 minutes, you come into uh, an incredible city that's been growing. I've been going up that direction for many, many years. And instead of, uh, instead of me always talking about, you know, some of the great areas that we have here in Ontario and Canada, as you know, we've started our section that we try to interview uh, some of the mayors of these fine, fine cities. And we're very fortunate today to have Mayor Jeff Lehman on with us. Um, he is the 46th mayor of the city of Bear and Chairman of Ontario's Big City Mayors Caucus. Uh, you know, it uh, represents 27 of Ontario's largest cities. Um, Barrie has seen such a huge growth. New campuses were developed in Barrie by IPM, TD Bank, Kojiko, Napoleon. And of course, uh, named uh, pretty much, I would call it the safest city. They call it the safest city um, back in um, in uh, 2015. And uh, Mayor uh, Lehman joining me now, um, of course, has an incredible popular vote, 92%. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mayor, welcome to Simply Real Estate. Thank you for taking some time today. Well, thanks so much for having me on the show. Um, you know, I, I, I have to start off by just looking at your record um, as an observer of Barrie. You know, very impressive. You've had, uh, you know, incredible development over the last few years. And, um, you know, maybe you can give us, uh, you know, some of the highlights uh, for our listeners um, of why people are moving to Barrie. Why, you know, it's actually... The drive just doesn't seem that far anymore, uh, mm. you know, and it, it, it seems that it's worth it. You know, there's great value in the real estate there, you know, very affordable in comparison to our Toronto market. Uh, Mr. Mayor, maybe you can give us some of the highlights of Barry. Sure. Well, I think that's true. A couple of things. Um, obviously, with uh, Toronto, the GTA sort of expanding northward and Vaughan along the 400, Barry growing southward, it's now more like half an hour, 40 minutes uh, from, from edge to edge. And I think there are people, quite a few people who make that trip. The other thing, of course, is uh, we have significantly expanded GO train service. And we do have a lot of people who take the train uh, to Union downtown, to York University. And I think those GO links and the uh, increased uh, interaction with the GTA has really driven a lot more interest here. But, I mean, fundamentally, this is about an incredible place to live that's a little bit of Muskoka and a little bit of Bay Street uh, in one place. And, um, you know, we're a central Ontario town, and as you drive in on the 400, um, what you need to do is look to the right because there's the bay and the waterfront. And when you get off the highway and come into our historic downtown, for example, we've got a six-block area in the historic downtown that has uh, 75 independently owned restaurants, places to eat, uh, an incredible variety of food uh, of all types, and, and a really thriving um, nightlife and live music and so forth. So I think uh, it's it's about lifestyle, uh, but it's also about being awfully close to all the wonderful things uh, on offer, both in in southern Ontario and in and in places like Muskoka and Collingwood. Yeah, excellent. You know, I I like the way you put that. It's kind of a cross between Bay Street and Muskoka, yeah. um, because I don't know for for some of our listeners that you know don't necessarily venture up to Barry that often. You know, you you mentioned about the historic um, historic area there with the waterfront. Um, you know, it's absolutely uh, stunning. Uh, you've got a lot of the old character that's been preserved and enhanced and you know for for our listeners you know this, this is a real experience and you know if you go through there in the summer uh, you know you 
got some jazz festivals that come mm-hmm. in. You've got a lot of opportunity. But more importantly, you know, I like to talk about, you know, real estate values because yeah. right now, you know, Barry being growing the way it is, it's one of the one of the best growing cities right now in Ontario. Um, you've got a lot of affordability and I don't think people quite understand, you know, when they when they look at what Barry has to offer, you know, you've got wonderful detached homes, you've got brand new condos being built. You really have created uh, this incredible city. Can you talk a little bit more by why families should be attracted to going into Barrie? Um, you know, again, schooling, you know, you've got a lot of good tra- uh, transit happening. Sure. So uh, we are a very family-oriented community, and uh, it probably is one of the reasons why the prices have been going up uh, uh, very quickly here. And uh, I mean, we've seen a 70% increase, if you can believe it, in the price of the average home in three years. Uh, and Moody's Analytics has actually uh, identified Barry as the fastest home price appreciation over the next five years in all of Canada. Um, that being said, it is still relatively affordable, especially compared, obviously, to the city of Toronto. Uh, and, it, and we do uh, attract families for a lot of great reasons. Um, schools are excellent. The infrastructure here is new. Uh, you mentioned in the introduction, Canada's safest city. We've had that distinction for several years. Uh, very, very low crime, obviously, and, and a very strong sense of community here. And I think, you know, it all goes together. We, we talk about the waterfront. It's a city of festivals. Uh, we have something virtually every weekend uh, over the course of the spring, summer, and fall. Uh, and that's in uh, other parts of the city as well. So I think when people move here with their families, they find there's a lot to do. They find it's a very comfortable and, and welcoming place to, to raise their kids. Um, and it's also one that is continuing to grow. So from a real estate point of view, it's a tremendous investment. Yeah, I would agree. And one of the things that, you know, to, to note is, again, when we talk about affordability, you know, detached homes can still be bought at a very modest level in comparison to the GTA. Um, Mr. Mayor, um, for our listeners' sake, you know, a lot of people don't actually understand, uh, you know, what kind of colleges and universities you have up in Barrie. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can talk about some of the expansion that's been happening over the last few years, because I know that there's been a lot of infrastructure built around the, uh, the, the the colleges now, and there's a lot of opportunity for people to not just move up there, but actually go to school there. Absolutely. So Georgian College uh, has its main campus here in the city of Barrie, and they've been doing something very interesting over the past 15 years. They've been partnering with universities uh, to essentially uh, deliver university programs on the Georgian campus through what's called the University Partnership Centre. So um, it it acts as a little bit of a satellite campus for a number of different universities. Um, And Georgian in the last couple of years has also been shifting towards uh, entrepreneurship and business education as well as health. So there are major new buildings. There's another one going up on campus right now. They just completed uh, the very large uh, Sadlin Center for Health and Wellness, which provides health education for about 3,000 students. Um, And, you know, today there's a lot more pathways between college and university programs that are really designed to meet the needs of the emerging industries and the economy. Um, It's very um, practical kind of form of blended education, and I think Georgian is a leader uh, in that. And that that has attracted significant growth. They've been growing substantially. Yeah, excellent. Now, one of the things that I've been asking some of our GTA mayors um, mm-hmm. is the fact that we've got, you know, of course, um, Toronto and more, you know, more importantly, you know, Ontario uh, draws a lot of the new immigrant population. In other words, people that, you know, coming into Canada, they, they do want to put down roots. They are selecting, you know, certain locations, obviously, to live in. Are you finding that you're finding uh, you know, a lot of new immigrants um, that are coming into the Barrie area? 
yes, in fact, we're diversifying quite quickly. And it uh, perhaps not as, as visibly or as quickly as parts of uh, the GTA, to be sure. Uh, but the change in Barry just in the last 10 years is uh, remarkable. Um, just as a couple of examples, uh, in 10 years, um, 182% increase in the number of Spanish speakers, 129% increase in the number of Portuguese speakers. Um, Tagalog, uh, Filipino, 271% increase in the number of people who speak that language. Um, now, we've had substantial population growth over 10 years in a number of areas, but those, uh, those groups are very much growing. And I think uh, the, the diversification uh, in terms of uh, our community and, and um, uh, both, you can see it in the cultural organizations, you can see it in the restaurants. Um, it is enriching our community, and, and it is certainly gaining in momentum. So, Mr. Mayor, one of the things that, um, that you know, was a concern, and, and I've voiced my opinion here on Simply Real Estate quite a bit about it, was the introduction of the foreign buyer tax mm-hmm. on people in British Columbia. And, of course, um, it has been, you know, passed uh, over at this point in Ontario. Um, do you have an opinion on this? Uh, you know, of course, being, you know, uh, leading the, the, the caucus that you do, mm-hmm. is this a conversation that you've been having? Is there a concern uh, for, you know, cities like Barrie, um, you know, would this would this have a, you know, a detrimental effect on your economy and as, as far as selling real estate if they were to turn around and impose the uh, buyer tax on the foreign investment? Uh, it's not a conversation that we've had. I, I don't think that uh, the, uh, the tax is too likely in Ontario. I, my sense is for, you know, obviously for my own community, I, I think the direct foreign investment into real estate in, in Barrie is fairly limited still. I think it's still, by and large, Canadian buyers. But um, in terms of the broader issue of uh, is the real estate market um, so hot or too hot that there might need to be other measures, um, there has been some concern expressed around that. But to be frank, I think it's also had a lot of beneficial effect in, in our community as well. I mean, uh, we are seeing projects, mid-rise projects, condo projects, townhouse projects uh, on arterial roads that weren't economic at lower prices. And, and what the higher prices has done uh, for detached housing has really uh, allowed home builders in our community to build different forms of entry-level product. And, and I think that's actually been very good for the market, different types of housing for people at different times of their lives. I think the real concern, though, is around is around affordability and whether or not uh, people are priced out of the market in some cases. And I don't think personally, and I, I would suspect many of my colleagues would agree that a, a foreign buyer's tax is not the solution to that problem. Um, it's encouraging a broader range of housing in, in different environments for, for people of different income levels. Yeah, excellent. Well, I think that uh, everybody should look at Barry as a very strong example, and I congratulate you, Mr. Mayor, on doing such a great job of leading the city of Barry. Um, it's wonderful to see, and, and here we'd like to wish you all the, all the success in the future. Thank you very much. Thanks thank, for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you so much, and it's been a real pleasure. So, folks, that was Mayor Jeff Lehman, and he is the, uh, the mayor of uh, Barry, and uh, wonderful to have them on. You know what? Wonderful city and uh, one that uh, if you're thinking of affordability and a great place to live, make sure you consider it. Uh, Go for a drive. It's really not that far. You'd be surprised. And what a great family uh, area. So listen, I just want to thank all my guests for joining me. Uh, Of course, uh, the mayor, Jeff Lehman, as well as uh, Ramana King and Dave Butler. 
And uh, so that pretty much wraps it up for us for this week here at Simply Real Estate. I want to thank my producer, Ian Grant. Of course, he keeps making my life simple to be able to do it. And I want to thank you for joining me. And uh, so I guess we will tune in next week, Saturday, 3 p.m. And I'll talk to you then. Have a great week. 